Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 12 of the PhD Cast by the CBIS GPA. I'm Micah, and today I'm joined by my co-host Megan and our guest Jen Grievous to talk about MVPs, or Most Valuable Programs. But first, I'm going to let Jen talk a little bit about her research since she's new on the podcast. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. I can do that. <laughs> With no warning. Surprise! <laughs> um, all right, so I'm... Even though I'm a part of the BME department, I'm one of the computational labs. <laughs> so that means I only use valuable programs, so hence why I'm here. <laughs> um, and in all in all, my research is data analytics on medical data. Mm-hmm. Our lab focuses on autism, and we can do like predictions, classifications. I do risk factor analysis. Mm-hmm. So basically, I have a data set of medical claims that mothers make during their pregnancy, Mm -hmm. and I see what risk factors they have or they went through or things that occurred that affected the risk of an autism diagnosis for the children. Mm. My thesis wrapped up. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you said I've used a lot of valuable programs, but have there been any not valuable programs that you've come across? Yes, Microsoft. Microsoft. (laughs) (laughs) Just Microsoft Office. No, I do use Microsoft, I, especially since it's the easiest way to edit a paper yeah. with multiple people, track, mm. site, track changes, citations, and things like that. But yeah. um, I only use it for that. <laughs> just, just that, yeah. yeah. It is kind of a pain in the butt. I feel like sometimes Word, is, Word or PowerPoint is just really annoying. Yes, I know. But, I mean, they can be useful. I do use PowerPoints for my presentations. I've never upgraded or leveled up to – I know LaTeX can create – Presentations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That. Isn't that Beamer? It's like the same as LaTeX, but for presentations. I don't know. Oh, is that what it's called? I think so. I I, I learned like it in undergrad. Really? And haven't haven't used it since. But yeah, I, I always meant to transition to that, and I never got the chance. Yeah. Um, so I do use PowerPoint, and I feel like I've gotten too intimate with PowerPoint. I know way too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the only way to use Microsoft is if you go into the hard code behind Microsoft yeah. and figure out what you're doing. Yep. Yeah, I feel like it's it's tough because PowerPoint and Word to an extent is really convenient, yeah. but LaTeX is just like a lot there's a lot more functionality with it. Yeah, there's a bit of a learning but curve. It, yeah, exactly. There's a learning well, that curve. That usually scares people away. Yeah. But it, once you get through it, it's so much easier. Yeah. I feel like that's where I'm at because we were just talking about this, was it last weekend or two weekends ago? Because um, you and Cassie are working on your dissertations and you guys are saying that you're using LaTeX. Um, so I like went back to try to use LaTeX instead for my dissertation. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, I hate all of the LaTeX editors that I've used in the past. Mm-hmm. So I spent like two hours looking at all the different types of LaTeX oh, no. editor softwares <laughs> and I hated all of them. Or I just like, I opened it up and I was like, this is fugly. I'm just going to use mm-hmm. a different one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to ask you which one yeah, you I ended use, up on. Um, there's two main ones. The Overleaf is the online one. Yeah. Everyone uses mm-hmm. Overleaf. Mm-hmm. But I actually use TechMaker. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. That's my favorite. And okay. it's not pretty, yeah. but it's super functional. Okay. okay. That's good to know. Yeah. yeah. I will download that then. <laughs> yeah. But also, to be fair, <laughs> um, a lot of my editing changes I do in Notepad++. <laughs> Oh, okay. It's like it's like Notepad but better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I use it for coding as well because Notepad plus plus it's just a code like just a text editor yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very functional. Yeah. 
there's lots of like hot tricks you can do to edit. Um, That's always helpful to have. I yeah. feel like. Okay, so you said coding. Obviously, you're a computational lab. Mm. Um, I guess for the audience, what language do you usually work in to do a lot of your um, analyses? I main in R and MATLAB, but I've also coded in Python, C++, C++, C. Not C hashtag. I <laughs> <laughs> never went to that one. Um, oh, C++ is gross. It's gross, but it, it's important. It is important. Yeah. <laughs> I always say it's like learning to drive a stick shift yeah, before you drive an automatic. That's a great way of putting yeah. that. Because yeah. it's every, even Python, the backhand of Python is C++. Yeah. Right. So yeah. It's, right, right, right. Yeah. it's very important because oh. everything uses it. Right. But yeah. Python is so easy. It's so <laughs> you literally type what you want it to do, yeah. and it just does it. I know. And I love in Python. English. And and it's yeah, like, yeah, exactly. It's just, very straightforward. <laughs> please do this for me. Period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Python is the best. I would say if you had to pick one, pick Python. Mm. Yeah. I feel like everyone's favorite. I, I found a correlation between, well, it's not like a real correlation. I didn't do any analysis on it. But <laughs> I, I find a theoretical correlation that people's favorite language tends to be the first one that they hmm. really learn. Um, so, like, mine's Java. And my little brother's is Python because he learned Python first. Mm -hmm. And, like, I, I've met a few people who are like that. And they just have this love for the first programming yeah. language that they learned how to program I with. I could agree mm -hmm. with that, yeah. And it's especially, it also is, the ad, like, the converse is if you learned it in a bad class, yeah. you're oh. going to hate it. Yeah, and I think oh, that's why yeah. I don't like C++. <laughs> I don't like Java because I learned oh, it in a bad class. there you go. Can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then... With programming languages, do you have a favorite, like, IDE or text editor that you use? For, like, R has RStudio, and I feel like that's pretty Yeah, I use RStudio. I use MATLAB has yeah. that one. Python, I don't have a favorite because I haven't used it in so long. My work, I can't, yeah. use, I can't use Python. And Python oh, okay. has so many text editors, like, so oh, many. Yeah. Editors. There's, There's so, so many. many. And they all have pros and cons. Yeah. Um... I don't know which one's best for that. It all depends, I guess, on your application and what you want. Yeah. What you used to. Jake is a huge fan of Visual Studio Code. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. But he does mostly Android programming, so he just uses the Android thing. Mm, okay. He was telling me about how there's this new library or some plugin for not just Android Studio, but for a lot of text editors where it has predictive capabilities so as you start Ooh. typing a for loop for example or or any sort of pre like a very common algorithm like a bubble sort or something like that you can just type it in as a comment and then it'll just propagate that algorithm automatically and i was like where was that when I took programming <laughs> oh, languages, man. like programming classes, like an undergrad? It's wild. I saw him do that. And so, like, whenever he has to write a for loop, he just, like, writes it as a comment, like, in English, and then it'll just Oh, wow, propagate. that's really cool. It's wild. <laughs> wow, that is very cool. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that wild? That makes it so much easier. Yeah. You don't what have to think heck? about that stuff. I mean, I feel like that's the capacity of my programming ability is like <laughs> al like very basic algorithms because mm. that's all I had to do for a lot of my classes but like if I you can do a for loop I'm impressed because I can't tell you how many times I've seen people just write it out like six times and I'm like no no for <laughs> loop, a for loop one through six please <laughs> <laughs> don't don't copy and paste six times <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh man yeah okay um 
So for BMEs, I feel like MATLAB is the big one that even if you're not in a computational lab, yeah. you are kind of forced to learn yep. in undergrad. And a lot of people use that for analyses afterwards. I personally hate MATLAB. I think it's an ugly language. How do you guys feel about <laughs> MATLAB? Um, a lot of our stuff's in MATLAB. Uh, it's like a, it's not bad. I kind of like it, but also I only like it because RPI has a license with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would yep. not recommend to learn because once you leave RPI, yeah. it's basically useless. Yeah, yep, <laughs> um, that's true. But MATLAB is very similar to R. So yeah. if you can learn how to code in MATLAB, translating it to R is almost seamless. Yep. Okay. Couple, that is true. couple small changes, but it's almost seamless. So yeah, that's very true. Yeah. I feel like they're, they're really distinct. I think. I always go for R instead of MATLAB, um, but you're right. They're both really good for a lot of applications that BME yeah. or like STEM students need in general. I no, would always yeah. suggest like if you're going to do statistical analysis, like even simple t-tests, just do it in R. Yeah, I never use Excel for no. that kind no, of stuff. No, 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 definitely <laughs> no. not Excel. <laughs> I, yeah, I always tell people, like, just, just do just, an R. Just it's do just an R. one line. Everything you do in Excel, yeah. you can do in R, except it'll be better. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, accurate. Exactly. That is so. so true. Have you heard of GraphPad, though, or Prism? Yeah, that's what I use instead. I don't think you... I feel like computational people sense would never use compu- that. Yeah. I found out about GraphPad, like, uh, last year. So, because I had always done my stats in R, and I always generated my figures in R, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Someone, I think it was either my lab or maybe Jess was like, we use GraphPad and it's basically this super UI friendly like software that like you can just input all of your data in, in like tabular view. Mm-hmm. And then you can just run it like all of your stats, anything, univariate, multivariate, everything, regression models. And then it'll also make really, really pretty figures and then automate, like, the significance bars and everything. And then you can also, like, do figure layouts for papers and presentations. It's super useful that for some projects, I just only use GraphPad because I'm like, it's too convenient for me to (laughs) then using, like, ggplot on R (laughs) trying to, like, format all of it. Wow, that's interesting. No, I haven't heard of it, but if it's that user-friendly and it's not Excel, I'm... (laughs) Yeah, it is is better than Excel. It is just hard because you need a license for it, so, like, you do have to buy it. The one downside, it costs money. (laughs) (laughs) It is not free. But, I don't know. I, I also use GraphPad for pretty much all of my analysis Mm -hmm. and it is absolutely worth the money (laughs) to me because the amount of time I spend doing it is like seconds instead of you know 10 minutes or whatever it is very convenient does RPI have a contract with them or you you're Mm -mm. you're worth it's worth paying for yourself I think so it's not that expensive yeah yeah I mean if your PI is willing to you can get it reimbursed Mm. but yeah it's not terrible it's definitely worth it Mm. Yeah. But I guess you wouldn't ever have a need for no, it. I, I don't even, I make all my figures in LaTeX. I don't even use R. Oh, oh, are you, we were talking about this yeah, before once. I, yeah. I think LaTeX makes the best figures. You can, oh, they're okay. very customizable. And yeah. my favorite thing is like when you export them, it's mm-hmm. like super high quality. So even yeah. if I were to like crop it and yeah. anything, I'll never lose resolution. Oh. And that's what I like about it. That is is I feel like really convenient, especially when you're making figures for papers. Yes. All my papers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now I feel like I need to spend more time on LaTeX. It also you can do the same in GraphPad though. That's They're true. super high resolution. That's true. You can have clear backgrounds so that you yeah. can put them wherever and 
line them up my, with stuff. My advisor makes me um, export any figure if it's made in R or, or GraphPad as um, an EPS. Mm. Uh, I think it's encapsulated postscript file type. And then use Adobe Illustrator to put together all of my figures. And that learning curve was steep because I, yeah. I was working on my paper and then mm. I, I, she was like, no, you should use Adobe Illustrator because that's what I do. And I was like, oh, okay. So I got it. And then it's basically Photoshop. Um, not that I'm Photoshopping my images, but it, it, you just put in the EPS mm. file. And since it's a vector graphic, you can resize everything, change mm-hmm. the font of your oh. um, hmm. axes or whatever, all your labels so that it's matching regardless of what software yes. or, or plot type you made. Mm-hmm. Um, but the learning curve is steep, obviously, because it's, it's Photoshop. Like, yeah. I don't know, like any of the hotkeys or anything. So yeah. it took me a really long time. But it's a good way, again, also to, like, make sure your resolution is the same and everything. That's what I, if I'm going to do something, I want to be able to customize everything. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. font, the size. We even do, I even have custom colors. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Like hex values for, yeah. Yes, RBG, like actual values. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, I inherited those from my older lab members. Yeah. They're like, this is our lab's colors. These are our our lab's colors. colors Literally, they, all of them say, like, RPI red, RPI blue, green. I have all of them, and I've only ever used them because they were like I was given them yeah. in my first year and I was like I must uphold the lab colors. I, every lab have you have made them. a lab color since joining or do you like just have the, the originals? No, I never even thought I to make one. You <laughs> should like, add one before you, you definitely leave. Need I mean, a, I think it stopped with me. I don't think anyone else younger than me in my oh. lab uses them. Oh, they don't inherit, I know. What have you been doing? Shouldn't cool you been you giving it to like them? a color per person that you started adding uh, to the color team. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Darn it. I have to find a la- a chartreuse and I'll add it <laughs> something. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. yeah, I feel like a customization I feel like is really key for making figures. I mean, mm-hmm. aesthetic figures. If you don't care about aesthetics, then it's not that big of a deal. Okay. I'm trying to think of other softwares that are really So I mean for us yeah. and definitely not for Jen. I use Image J all oh, the time. Oh my gosh! Like <laughs> I forgot all about that. the Image time. Image J or Fiji? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Fiji is Image J, or just Image it's J. Ju- I don't understand <laughs> it's so, the branding. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. It's the same thing except more plugins come in when you download it. It's just it's wild. I, I mean, it's really useful. I don't use it as much as I probably should. I think I every time I need to, I end up avoiding it because I'm just like. It's not working the way I wanted to, or like it's just kind of tedious. Um, it's an open source software. It's really helpful for like image analysis of micro- microscopy stuff, or yeah. even histology, or even mm-hmm. micro CT. I have used it before. Yeah, in my undergraduate oh, years. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay. It's a long time ago. I don't know. But basically, we used it just for cell counting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I feel like that's a very like mm-hmm. common way of using it. I. How do you feel about Image J? It does what it I needs like. To. How many things it can do. Yeah. But I dislike how how long it always takes me to use it. Yeah. Because, like, there are so many plugins you can get. So we had, like, yeah. a directionality correlator so that we could see how much of our, like, cell's actin was along one axis or wow. another. And, like, you can just run the script and do, you know, a million images, whatever. Yeah. But figuring out how to just run that one program... It took takes a while. A lot of time. Yeah. So. I feel like even just subtracting background on fluorescent images takes me forever to, like, get a solid process before making the macro for it to do a batch process. But it's useful. I feel like wet labs use ImageJ all the time. Um, that's mm-hmm. what I've heard. Yeah. 
I don't know. Are there any other like softwares that wet labs would use versus or something that a computational lab would use that we wouldn't? Besides whatever software your microscope comes with? Yeah. <laughs> probably probably not. not, right? I don't think so, at least. Yeah. Is there, so for you, Jen, is there a, a program you learned as a graduate student, not as an undergrad? Mm. So something that was new to you from joining That's a good your question. Lab. Hmm. Sources say no. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's just like the basic coding languages. Mm -hmm. Anything other than that. Um, I do use, sometimes I use like Inkscape to convert PDFs to PNGs. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Does that count? I don't think that counts. <laughs> I thought it was going to be super proprietary to your research, but it was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what about for you, Micah? Like, is there anything you had to pick up on? I mean, I'm sure maybe GraphPad was unique to GraphPad. So my undergrad had a site license for GraphPad. Oh, so I nice. actually knew about it coming in. Okay. Um, and when I got here and realized we didn't, as a lab, already have one that, yeah. like, everyone used, I was like, ah, I'm just going to stick with this. Okay, okay. Um, what about, like, statistical analysis software obviously we talked about r or or matlab but like uh minitab or spss i i used um our i had to use minitab for my first year here and our biostats course we had to use minitab and i was really confused because i took a biostats class in undergrad and i just we did r mm -hmm. and that's why i ended up using r mm -hmm. since then but then i was like why are we doing minitab now yes, yes um i guess it's convenient for it's it's similar to GraphPad in that you just hit a bunch of buttons after inputting your data yeah. and, or copying it over from Excel. But like, I, I guess I, I never used it after that class. I took that class too. Yeah. That class no longer uses Minitab. No, they don't, yeah, they, right? Because we I lost our license it. for that. Yep. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Minitab is one step up from Excel, but yep. it's still down there with Excel. So I would not use Minitab. Yeah. It's, I haven't heard of many people actually using it yeah. in, in their research. Mm -hmm. I'm never like going to, I never think it's a good idea to use the just click the UI button to run. I yeah. feel like you should always look to customize to what you're going to do. Yeah. Because everything's different. And if you are trying to run a t-test on someone else's button, yeah. it's not going to fit. Right, right, right. You always have to double check to make sure that it's what you need for what your yeah, instance. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Let's see. I, I still don't really another, know MATLAB. Another program. Oh, you should learn MATLAB. <laughs> oh, I really don't want to, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, I learned SQL for my graduate studies. What's SQL? SQL? SQL is like a database coding language where oh. you, when you have like a huge database. You can go in and grab stuff. You basically oh. just like make tables and then edit your tables of data. Okay. So that's how I got the data that I use. Oh, for, right, for, your, your for work. My, for yeah. my work, yeah. So we, I used, I had to learn SQL, and it was really weird. It's you know like, what, I, I did wonder that, cause when I was listening to your candidacy, I was wondering, how do you get all of that data? Because, like, a lot of your experimental approach was talking about how you subsetted your giant database yeah. of mm -hmm. insurance claims, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Um, it's like a and huge that's a huge part, part of, of your, my methods, your study, yeah. right, and your study design. And I always wondered, like, there's no way she has, like, this giant Excel file oh my that God. she's, like, <laughs> <Yikes>. <laughs> filtering I even... and sorting. So when I was learning this, they gave me 
an Excel file that first of all has like 50 sheets. Yeah. <laughs> and each sheet is like corresponds to a table of data that they have somewhere in their database. And it's oh. just the table of contents is this Excel file. And oh I was gosh. like, to actually do the data would be a nightmare. Yeah. So when I was making, when I was using my data, I, first <clears> of all, it's like, it's basically just like all the claims of everyone they have. It's all de-identified. So yeah. everyone's, instead of names, it's all numbers. So I'm like, okay, I want to look for all women who had claims in this one year. Yeah. And you pull out six million pieces of data. <laughs> and I, it, the code took so long to yeah, run. Yeah, right. I oh used to just gosh. run it on the weekend and like go just home and go hope, home hope and it's done back. by Monday. Hope and like, it filtered right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you basically just sort of like find me all pieces of data that has this and it pulls it out and then you refine it and you're like, okay, make sure the women are between this age right. and then it, the table gets smaller and you just kind of do all these things. Wow. One at a time. That must have taken a while. It did. And then I, yeah, it took a while to learn. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I had to go through and double check to make sure I wasn't having any weird exceptions. Right. Because I had a lot of weird exceptions. Like there were, let me think. So um, in my work, I had to connect women to their children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But this is all done by insurance claims. So if the woman is the policy holder, it makes it easier because she's notif she's like marked as that. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, you might not be on your mom's plan. You right. might be on your dad's. Right. So mm. they might not have children in on their oh. insurance. I can't connect them. I, and it's, yeah. it's hard to find families because if there's a male, female in their ages, you never know, are they siblings? Yeah. Are they married? Yeah. Do we know their spousal information? Sometimes There is an identifier for children, but not for, like, husband or wife. Yeah, so you can't. Oh my so gosh. that's why, well, one, that's why I don't have any men in my, yeah, yeah, yeah. In my um, research and my results because I couldn't find them. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. But yeah. then sometimes I would find a child and it would look like they had two mothers. Oh. But it was just like either an older daughter or, or like a sibling, a or, sibling right? or like a, another codependent. If you oh. have a oh. sister who is like okay. dependent on your, yeah. on your. So I had to like make sure I didn't have any of those ex like exclusions because yeah. then I had to cut them out of my data and be like I, I can't tell which one's which so yeah. I can't include them yeah oh man that that's crazy taking forever to like filter get what you want but yeah. also then parse through to make yeah. sure you I did get to, what you yeah. wanted out of it I had to double check all the numbers make sure they match yeah. and like make sense and like, this is before you can actually start your analysis yes. right I think <laughs> yes all before I even got to see if I had anything, anything worth publishing worth, <laughs> anything I, significant it took yeah. me months to just get a data set yeah it was crazy that is wild. Yeah. <laughs> Oof, that sounds miserable. <laughs> I feel like that's a good reality check for, like, I feel like a lot of wet labs are like, ah, computational labs have it so easy. They just get their data. <laughs> but, like, I, I think a lot of us fail to realize that getting the data isn't always easy yeah. uh, for a computational person. Like, I, yeah, sure, you're not in lab getting it, but, like, you still need a access to a database or a data set, but then yeah. also parsing through the data set oh, and yeah. database takes forever. So it ends up being a very similar timeline. Yes. Yes. And I mean, it's also a good reality check because I loved it. Yeah. I love doing this. So that's how I knew I was like, I'm in the right spot. Like I, I enjoy love this. Filtering oh. through this. <laughs> tables upon tables. Yes. <laughs> no. Nothing makes me happier. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and then, then seeing the six million go to four million. <laughs> <laughs> when the numbers add up, and I'm like, okay, I expect this many children, right. this many moms, and then I get that. Oh, it's that must a be good a great day. feeling. Oh, okay. It's yeah, so yeah. satisfying. It's like I'm doing what I'm set up doing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And then, yeah, it's, it's, you get this data set, and really parsing through is probably one of the hardest play, things you have to do because right. you have to make decisions that you're like, this will affect me yeah. every step of the way. Yeah. And one of them is like, okay, how much information is too little information? Right. So if this person has this many claims or this many metabolite variables mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever, and then they're missing some. Yeah. How many can you allow them to miss before you have to cut exclude them out? Exclude them completely. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah. you don't want to exclude them because you're like, every time you exclude one person, it hurts. It's like, yeah. oh, that's less data. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I need to include everyone so I know I have enough data. But then if they have too little, it skews your results anyway. Right. So it's like, you have to find that line. Yeah. And you have to decide what the line is. Yeah. And that's like a terrible thing to go through. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we experience that at a much smaller scale. If we have weird outliers in our yeah. data, we do have to choose whether or not that's something that we include in our data set or not. But like our N is like significantly smaller yeah. than what your sample size would ever be. Yeah. So I feel like for computational or big data analytics, like it's it's a much more it's a numbers like your entire game. data, your entire study designs depend on who you choose to include mm-hmm. and ex- exclude. Mm-hmm. So that's like yeah. a bigger decision. I Even feel like. when I, so I like inherited this data from Troy. Mm-hmm. He had like over 200,000 children. Yeah. By the time I connected their moms, I was just over 100,000. And like yeah. being okay with that amount of loss right. was tough. Right. <laughs> and I was oh like, gosh, oh, yeah. that's like half the data set is gone. Do, really do you sad. have to wow. justify that in papers? Like, No, it's okay. understandable because okay, okay. of all the things that we say. Like, yeah. if you can't identify them. You can't identify right. them. Like, you can't yeah. link their mothers. So. Right. Huh. Wow, that's interesting. I feel like this episode has now just turned into us being like, well, computational. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we never talk about this. Very good. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, back to programs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of... So, okay, are there any pieces of software you used in undergrad that you are now happy to never use again? <laughs> um, I wish I could say MATLAB, but I do unfortunately use MATLAB quite often. Aww. So it makes me sad that you don't like MATLAB that much. Uh, it's just so annoying. <laughs> I almost created a like MATLAB how-to mini course. Oh, and oh you should have. My, my <laughs> I know. I was talking to Heidi about it yeah. actually, and we were like gonna do like a mini course of how-to MATLAB my second year. But then I was like, I never had the time. It's a lot of work. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a lot of work. Um, I actually used Visual Studios. For like C plus yeah, plus or yeah, something yeah. at one point, I hated Visual Studio. I I'm not a fan, but like yeah. Jake is truly a big fan of it, and I'm like I don't know about I don't that. Know. I don't know if it was just because maybe for C plus plus it sucked, or yeah. if the class sucked. I don't know what it was. It was like that sucked. Um, there were some coding languages. Oof, it was a long time ago that we used for like. Um, I don't even know. It was like a product and development course. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And you would create like like a robot or something and you would program the robot to do stuff. I can't it's been so long. Like I an can't Arduino remember. kind of thing. Like an Arduino, yeah. Or something. Raspberry Pi. I never got into Raspberry Pi, thankfully. Yeah. But like that kind of stuff, I never learned it well enough to like it. I'm yeah. always just glad I never had to do that again. <laughs> yeah. I feel like every time I try it, I realize I don't want to go into devices. This is not it. Yeah. I don't want to do this. Yeah. I'm kind of in that boat too. Yeah. But I know people who like it. Like yeah. Sean loves it. So right. So it's like, no. if you like it. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a valuable program to them. Oh, yeah. Not to us, <laughs> <though>. Nope. <laughs> um, 
What about you, Micah? Anything from undergrad Anything. that you had to learn? I had to learn C++, and what I hated you that. What did you have to learn it for? Uh, I took two different, like, coding mm. classes. I took Python and then C++. Okay. And I hated C++. Yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, though, like you mentioned earlier, I learned Python first. Yeah. That's then a tough to transition, C- I feel like. I think if it, if it was reversed, I better. think it would have been a lot smoother to yeah. start with C++. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen now that more intro coding classes are taught in C++ I, I've seen that, too. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. think that, honestly, is smarter. Yeah. I think so, too. Because, yeah. like, going, going from writing in English and having it work <laughs> to whatever C++ is <laughs> is not... Very conducive. Yeah, where it's it's tough. Learning something way h- tougher than going to and just typing full yeah, sentences yeah. seems a lot, lot easier of a like transition. A thing. Maybe that's how it was at my undergrad. Like you would learn your object oriented in Python, so it's mm-hmm. like super easy, basic programming uh, concepts, and then you'd go straight to data structures in C plus plus. And Oof. that was, like, the weed-out class for yep. everyone. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly how mine did it. <laughs> you yep. lost, like, everyone after data structures. Um, and I hear that's similar to what it's like at RP. I don't yeah. know if it's taught in C++, but I do hear data structures here is, like, insane. Yes, because, like, the intro to, C- intro to coding or whatever, intro to Python it's yeah. called, it's such an easy class. Yeah. I took that class. Okay. And then bec- I have a CompSci minor. Mm-hmm. At RPI, so it's like I took that class, but because I wasn't majoring in it, I didn't have to take data structures really? here. Oh. I transferred it in. Oh, that's so you're so and it lucky. was I was I think I was one of the last they let oh. do that because I heard someone I was like oh I did that and they were like they won't let me do that anymore and I was like oh, oh that sucks that's, that's unfortunate <laughs> because I went and learned it at like HVCC yeah. and like the concepts are super important yeah and super mm-hmm. easy yeah but here they just like throw you in and yeah. then throw you in a harder language and yeah. it was like crazy hard yeah all at once that's what I've heard my undergrads have told me that like a lot of their CS friends are just like yeah. they just don't see them when they're taking data structures oh that's tough (laughs) okay so Micah's happy he doesn't have to use C++ anymore (laughs) I don't think there's anything anything else else. I didn't really learn many like program I I took a I didn't I learned LaTeX and Mm. R in undergrad yeah but I'm not like glad to not use them because Everybody keeps telling me that they're useful, which means yeah. I should probably try and use them more to to stay fluent. Um, yeah, I don't think I really used that many programs though. Hmm. Way more okay. of my courses were just do do work. Yeah, you know, because like I made. But your undergrad degree wasn't like an engineering, right? No. So like, maybe it's different because you guys. But yeah, you, I you don't got know. Your undergrad degree in. Uh, Biochemistry, Bio, yeah. biophysics, and molecular biology. Right, it was that big one. And so all it's the like, bios. yeah, all the bios except biology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that one, it was funny because, like, with that major, you're not allowed to minor in biology because you automatically qualified for it by just oh, doing just the head. major. But you, but somehow you're still not a bio major, you know? That's that's dumb. weird. <laughs> huh. Okay. But like, I'm trying to think what we would have even used. For, mm-hmm. like, software for... Oh, wait. We did use a software that let us, like, make our protein, and it showed us what it would be, like, oh, folded, unfolded. Like a, like a modeling thing? Yeah, but I, we, we used it for, like, one lab. Yeah. And I've never even thought of it I since the, right like, now. I bet the, like, chemis use that a lot 
for a lot of their protein processing. Oh, probably. That'd be pretty cool. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think I'm glad to not be using much software, honestly. Oh. Because I... It is not my favorite part <laughs> of, of research, for sure. Really? I feel like mine... I, I truly enjoy the analysis part, almost more so than the lab part sometimes. Just because I think the lab part gets really tedious with troubleshooting, that I just can't wait to get data to then be able to put in R or something to analyze and see or test for significance or something like that. But, like, for me at least, usually with, with the tests we're doing... I can see right away oh. if there is a difference between A and okay, B. Okay, okay. And so it's like, I'm very rarely surprised <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> by my significance testing. Uh. I'm, I'm almost always <laughs> well aware before I do it. That <laughs> sounds nice. What, what will be the, the case. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so how does yeah. it work if you, like, you get your data, mm -hmm. you're analyzing it, and then you're like, hmm, I wonder what would happen if I tweaked this. Mm. Do you have to start all over, go back? Yep. Yeah. That so that's, that is the tough part because, uh, at least for my stuff, there's never a clear trend or a clear, like, obvious winner amongst a group. It's a very kind of mixed bag, and there, there are significances between groups, but it's not a clear trend overall with all the outcomes. Um, and so then you're thinking like, oh, what if I like changed one or added one more group or changed one part of the experimental design? Then you just have to redo everything and get all of the data again. So then you kind of have to stop and be like, all right, I'm just going to tell a story with the data I have and try to make some inferred <laughs> discussion points from that. Kind of sucks. Yeah, that stinks. Yeah. I have a lot of versions of a lot of different code I've run. Yeah. <laughs> just tweaking one thing to yeah. see what would happen if I changed this right. threshold or this variable. Right. And I just picked the one I like the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I wish it was that easy. But then you'd have to redo everything to avoid any confounding factors of like, you started on a Monday instead of a Tuesday this time. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so glad yeah, having to <laughs> you tweak the one thing, but that means you also need to do the controls. You have again. to do the control the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's yeah. Not the most fun in the world. No, I think that's why I like the data analysis because I can do the the tweaking of thresholding if I'm doing certain types of analyses, um, and then like it's it's a lot quicker to run mm -hmm. <laughs> than like trying to do the entire experiment again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> But, oh, you know, man. to each their own. I feel like I spend way more time doing analysis now that I'm in lab, so. Are there, okay, I had one question. One maybe last question. Um, mm -hmm. What are software or programs or programming languages, since we've been talking about that a lot, uh, that you wish you used or that you want to learn in the future when you have more time after grad school? Ooh. If you plan on do, doing this stuff after grad school. Oh, yeah, I definitely do. Okay. Um think i i miss python but okay. that's like i'm not worried about it i'll i know i'll get back into yeah. everyone uses python yeah <laughs> i kind of want to get into like a little bit more java but mm -hmm. also html i think oh because yeah. i think it's it's depending on what you do it could be useful mm -hmm. but you know what i've discovered doing my thesis writing mm -hmm. is that um you'll get there because you'll get there fast you'll see that going through your references oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
going through your references is the worst part. That's what everyone keeps saying. It's the worst I'm part. Terrified. Beca- it's it's bad because <laughs> no matter what I've learned, what reference manager you use, yeah. it something will be inconsistent. Oh. And especially at RPI, they want consistent. Oh. So you so have really to yes, that. you have to go in and fix each reference single-handedly that's literally what i was doing because i'm trying to get this done all, <laughs> yeah. all like 200 plus one by one making sure that oh all the you God. have your the correct pages yeah 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 um so i use otero okay mm-hmm. as a reference manager um and that's because i was again handed it down in my lab from yeah. the older more wise people came in and they were like don't use mendeley use otero yeah and then i discovered last week that Zotero does not accept article numbers Oh. As like your referencing style, yeah. they think it's a page number, which is not correct. Oh. And for my referencing style, which is REEE, it has to be yeah. article number. And so I'm going through and now I have to edit each reference on its own. <laughs> um, and I was like, I can't do this. Let's do this automated. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Mendeley does article numbers. And I was yeah. like, okay, I'm going to throw everything in Mendeley and, and see then, if I can yeah. switch. Mendeley, though, I mean, I, I, I'm not as experienced, so maybe I'm wrong. But in Zotero, I can edit each field to be the way I want it to yeah. be because I'm writing everything in sentence case, yeah. which, by the way, matters. If you want to do sentence case versus title case, <laughs> oh, no. they can't be both. You have to pick one. Right. And I was like, oh, no, I need something I can edit and customize. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is where I, so this is my point. I've discovered that you can code your own referencing format. And oh. I started learning that literally two nights ago. <laughs> but... I did that because yeah. for my presentation, I have a very specific referencing style I like for my presentations. Like yeah. As minimal as possible. Yeah. No title. Yeah. One author. Yep. Like just yeah, the journal, yeah. you know? <laughs> like literally. Year. Yeah, just year. That's like yep. all like, okay, here's how you can find it. You don't need the title. If you get the author, the, 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 the year and the journal, the journal abbreviation, you'll find you're good it. to go. The, and yeah. DOIs. I'm yeah. like, here, just click the copy the DOI and throw it in Google. Like yeah. you'll find it. Mm. Um so I I discovered this website where you can like, it's kind of like a interface where you can create this language mm-hmm. based on what you want it to look like. Yeah. And first of all, they'll find you already reference styles out there that are similar mm-hmm. and then they'll let you tweak them. Oh. I love customizations. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been learning and I was like, if I can learn how to code this on my own, I think it's very HTML-like. Okay. So I was like, if I knew that language, that would been, be helpful. It would have been helpful. To okay. do just like these backhanded things where you're like, you really want them your way. Yeah. This way. So. Interesting. Things like that. Customize. Yes. Customize. customize. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember you when, so Jen was really kind and helped me a lot when I did my candidacy. <laughs> I remember going through my presentation and Jen just always made comments about like the customization of my slides. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, I feel like we are the same in that vibe with oh, animations yes. and transitions oh, and I, like boxing certain things oh, as yes. you talk about it. <laughs> I love to animate because first of all, it like helps me keep pace. Yep. I yeah. don't go too mm. fast because I don't have to be like blurred all at once. Yeah. I know there's an animation coming and then See, I address it right. and then I animation and I address it. It helps me slow down. Yep. Mm. And so with that, actually, I discovered also doing my presentation <laughs> for my defense. Um, PowerPoint has a selection pane. Mm-hmm. That's so yeah. useful. It is so helpful. It's Because so, not only can you change what you want to be on top or next yeah. to, or you can just like move it up and down, you can hide them. Yep. And I'm like, that's so useful because I'm like, I don't need you right now. Can I hide it and like yep. bring it back when I'm ready? And yep. Oh. 
There's, I feel like when you get really deep into PowerPoint, you said this at the beginning, like yes. there's a lot of things you can mess with yes. on PowerPoint to make your life a lot easier. Customization. <laughs> yeah, that okay. was helpful. So Jen wants to learn more other programming languages yeah. slash kind of go back to Python. Yes. Okay. Micah, what about you? Uh, I don't know if it's a new one for me. I think it's just re relearning LaTeX. Because mm. again, everybody keeps saying yeah, it. Yeah. So now I'm, getting, now I'm getting scared. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. You don't be scared. First of all, you take someone else's code. Okay. You just cut out everything that's theirs and put in Replace your... Replace your yes. own text. Oh, yes. smart. I haven't yep. like, started on a fresh document of LaTeX ever. Yeah, I, think I don't I've think always I have either. Just yeah. taken out what they wrote and put in what I wrote. But yep. all like the background, the, the document oh, class, yeah, the exactly. packages. Stays the same. All right, so step one. Acquire slash steal <laughs> someone else's LaTeX code. <laughs> and now you know all my secrets. <laughs> Okay, LaTeX for Micah. Anything else? I don't think I guess so. It kinda, again, it really depends on what you want to do after. Yeah. But <laughs> no, not Photoshop maybe. So Photoshop. I can stop using uh, PowerPoint to make <laughs> to all make the all memes. memes. <laughs> <laughs> Though PowerPoint, as we've already said, very powerful for it making powerful. memes as well. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap us up for Season 2, Episode 12 of the PhD Cast. If you're interested in a specific topic or you have questions, please feel free to reach out to us on social media via Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. And with that, we hope your schools provide site licenses and that all your differences are significant. See ya. See ya.